I'm joined today by our newest superintendent, Tom Horn. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're going to be talking about a variety of topics today, and we're going to start out with one of the main uh, issues in education right now, which is the um, aggregate expenditure limit. It's on the minds of many people right now, and I wanted to know where do you stand on the aggregate expenditure limit and what should be done? I strongly support the uh, raising of the aggregate expenditure limit. Um, my my goal is to increase learning and increase test scores. They're very low right now, uh, and I have a lot of proposals to do that, but it would throw a monkey wrench into the whole thing if we had massive layoffs of teachers when we already have a teacher shortage, um, and so I think it's very important that that happen. So you support raising it, um, yes. is my understanding. Yes. What about repealing it? Because I understand that's also something that some folks have called for. I, I, I support repealing it as well because the legislature are the ones that set budgets. That's their job. That's their power. That's their responsibility. And they should decide how much we're going to spend. It doesn't make sense for them to pass a budget saying we're going to spend X dollars and then something else changes it. Uh, they should have the power to determine how much money is spent on education. They're the elected by the voters to do that. Switching over to test scores. You mentioned that's one of the the big focuses of your administration um, to raise test scores and then to also focus on academics as a whole. Um, How do you plan to do that? Well, um, first of all, I think part of my job is to alert the public, and this is a good opportunity, uh, that we're in a real crisis. Um, Two-thirds of our kids are not proficient in math. Uh, 60% are not proficient in in reading. And uh, it's not due to COVID primarily because the year before COVID, uh, we only had 41% proficient in math and 41% proficient in reading. Um, it, it goes to the question of focusing on academics, uh, which, which is my job to do as far as leadership goes, and also getting rid of the diversions, the, the things that cause people to spend time on things other than academics, uh, such as social-emotional learning, uh, critical race theory. Um, I'm concerned about uh, lack of discipline in the classroom. So, so I'm working on those things as a way of, of helping to focus on academics, get kids to learn more, and get a higher test score so they can compete in an international competitive environment. It's also my understanding that you would like to bring back a requirement to graduate from high school. That's correct, a sophomore-level test. By senior, they should be able to pass a sophomore-level test to get five chances once their sophomore year, twice their junior year, twice their senior year. That's what we had when I was superintendent. Uh, It was taken away. And so teachers say to the kids, do well in the test. I need you to do well. And the kids say, why should I? And they leave early. Or one one teacher told me they saw the kid just drawing pictures on the test sheet because it doesn't mean anything to the kids. Um, And the smartest state superintendent I ever knew was from Ohio. And she taught me something very important. She taught me that there are three factors to education. Number one, the quality of teachers and teacher leaders. Number two, the quality of curriculum. And number three, the, the motivation of the students. And very often we forget about that important third factor. So one of my uh, methods of improving the motivation of the students is to, um, is to make sure that they pass a test. It's a sophomore level test. As I said, they get five chances. Uh, anyone who studies can pass it. Um, and uh, before they graduate, and that motivates them to learn more and do better um, on their tests. On their tests, uh, at the other end of the scale, to motivate students to achieve excellence for those who can do it, um, I had uh, 
written a bill when I was in the legislature back in the 1990s uh, to have the kids not have to pay tuition at college if they got excellent on three statewide tests. Uh, and um, uh, as superintendent, I serve on the Board of Regents. When I was there, that was enforced. When I left, they stopped enforcing it. I want to get back to enforcing that because it motivates students to aim at, at excellence because they don't want to pay tuition. And I guarantee you their parents don't want them to have to pay tuition. Would this require the state legislature to approve it and yes. for it to be signed by the governor, correct? Yes. Okay. Um, and s- uh, switching over to um, the achievement gap that we continue to see with uh, Latino students specifically. Latino students now make up uh, about half of our K-12 through population, and yet they lag behind their peers when it comes to reading, math, even you know going on to college, graduating from college. What do you plan to do to close this achievement gap? Yes, I, I, I spent a lot of time on this last time I was superintendent. Um, and the, the biggest problem are students who arrive not speaking English. Uh, and when I took office back in 2003, uh, they, they had bilingual education and a pathetic 4% of kids became proficient in English in one year. Uh, at that rate, almost none would ever become proficient and they wouldn't be able to succeed in the economy. Uh, we brought in structured English immersion and a lot of training of teachers of how to do structured English immersion we got that rate up to 29%. Uh, at that rate, four or five years, they all become proficient. Uh, so, uh, but then, it, but after I left office, the emphasis on training for teachers relaxed, and and they weren't doing as much to train the teachers. So now the proficient rates back down to nine percent. So I have to push for good training of teachers, enforcing the rules for structured English immersion and get that rate back up to the 29% that we had when I was in office. Mm-hmm. One of the arguments is that a lot of these Latino students already know English. So for many of these students, that's not a factor that's keeping them from achieving right. higher test right. scores. So, well, for those students, we have to have to the same expectations we have for any other student. There's no reason not to. Okay. Mental health. Um, numerous studies, including from the American Academy of Pediatrics, and the CDC show that um, you know mental health continues to be a big issue for students, even now that they're back in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you plan to address this? I favor a, a counselor in every school for the kids who have, have the problems. And I, um, and I think that if they achieve more, their mental health will be better because they have the satisfaction of achieving more. Um, but what I'm not in favor of is the current program of social-emotional learning because that distracts distra- Distracts from detracts from academics. And I, I want to read you a couple of sentences from a letter that I got from a teacher. Mm-hmm. The end of the quarter is Friday. We've been focusing on social-emotional learning for weeks. Not a rigorous curriculum. Kids simply waste time digging deep into their identities. This has been going on for weeks. If parents knew our English curriculum is zero, they would probably pull their students out. I am very concerned. It is as if America wants us to have dumb, uneducated students in English class. And I hear that kind of thing from a lot of teachers. Uh, my heroes are math teachers who love math, history teachers who love history, and so on. And they want to teach their subjects bell to bell because they love their subjects. But I get complaints from a number of them saying they can't do it because they're forced under the social-emotional learning program to play what they describe as dumb games with the kids when they should be learning time. So um, I'm do- I've gotten social-emotional learning off of our website, and I'm going to and I'm getting it out of our programs for teachers. I'm going to do everything I can to replace social-emotional learning with heavy academics, plus counselors for those who who need help with their emotions. Mm -hmm. 
your predecessor made mental health、uh, a big focus of her administration. So it sounds like you want to move away from that, or where, where do you stand on it?、Uh, I want, want to move away from the social emotional learning program that caused kids to be playing games instead of learning their subjects, and also it, it wasn't good for the teachers.、Um, uh, for example, teachers come a, a week early、uh, before school. And in the old days, they would study data to see what they had to do with each of our, their students. Where were their students behind?、Um, under social emotional learning, they come a week early and they sit around a table and say, "If you were an animal, what animal would you be?" and silly things like that. We've got to get rid of that. If we're going to get a focus on academics, we've got to get rid of the nonsense. Switching over to the empowerment scholarship account program,、yes. your office in a very short amount of time was able to approve about twenty-five thousand delayed applications.、Uh, Twenty-two are, million dollars worth. Yeah. So, yeah. How, how was your office able to do this in such a short amount of time? Well, the two things. One is actually what we approved the f- very first day we were in office、uh, were were applications. That already had been approved, but the money had not been dispersed. So we dispersed the money on things that had already been approved.、Um, secondly, the prior administration was strongly opposed to the ESAs, the, which, the vouchers, the school choice,、um, and so they weren't implementing it quickly.、Uh, there, were, there were roadblocks. The phones were available from ten to two instead of nine to five, and、uh, we had a teacher who put the、um, Or parent who put the, who called and put them on, and they were put on hold, and they drove all the way from Arizona to California, and they were still on hold when they got to California. We're changing that. This,、uh, the phones are open from nine to five.、Mm-hmm. We're hiring more people,、uh, and we're determined to have it be a friendly program that people can, can、uh, succeed with. And in my view, that is very good for public education because everyone does better when there's competition. That's why the United States was prosperous and the Soviet Union was poor because we had competition. They had a government monopoly. So, as some of the people in Poland used to say, we pretend to work and they pretend to pay us. But when you have competition, everybody works hard. And so, I think that competition will be very good for our schools. Governor Katie Hobbs has said that she worries this will bankrupt the expansion of the ESA program. Will bankrupt the state.、Um, she also wants to get that repealed. Where do you stand on that? Well, obviously, I'm a supporter of ESA, so I, so I'm not in favor of repealing. Although I hope to get along with Governor Hobbs on a lot of other things where we have common interests.、Um, but on this issue, I support the ESAs, and、um, I think that the point about bankrupting was that the, there was an initial surge of、uh, applications、mm-hmm. from people whose children were already in private schools.、Mm-hmm. So that was extra expenditure. But as time goes on, it's going to be more and more kids who are now in district schools,、um, and so the、uh, it'll cost the state seven thousand dollars, but the state will save fourteen thousand dollars they would otherwise pay to the district school, and the district school loses that money, but they also lose the expense of teaching the students. So their money per student doesn't change,、um, and so I, I don't think it'll bankrupt the state. The last topic I want to address is discipline.、Uh, you mentioned during your、uh, your inauguration address that you wanted to return back to traditional discipline in schools.、Uh, what did you mean by that?、Um, well, I was talking about、uh, suspension in school, suspension out of school, and and expulsion for serious infractions.、Uh, some people have asked me, "Am I for corporal punishment?" No, I'm very much against corporal punishment.、Mm-hmm. But we we have to have orderly classrooms. Um, and I have letters from teachers about the horror they have experienced when 
they tell a student to do the work and the student says F off and they use the word, not just the letter. Mm-hmm. And the teacher calls the, uh, the administration, say that you need to take the student out of my class and discipline them so other people will learn not to do that. Mm-hmm. And the administration under social-emotional learning says use your social-emotional learning or document the fact that you're using restorative, restorative justice. Restorative justice doesn't discourage anyone from doing anything. Um, and so then other students start to imitate because they see the student getting away with it. They want structure. Kids want structure, but they'll test the teacher. And so if there's no discipline, uh, things get out of hand. And that, that's the number one reason teachers leave the teaching profession. Number two is salaries. But number one is failure of the administration to support them, especially on discipline. Um, so that's a big initiative for me. We're not going to get our academics up unless we have good discipline in the classroom. Uh, one more thing I'll tell you is that uh, in, I served 24 years on a school district. In 24 years, we didn't re- reverse a teacher once on discipline, not once. Mm-hmm. Um, as a result, we became known as the toughest district around. Our learning went up. Our test scores went up. That's, the way, that's one of the ways to get academics up is to be sure we have orderly classrooms where students can learn and other students don't get away with interfering in their learning. There are some studies that show that too much discipline uh, can actually have a negative effect uh, on learning outcomes, attendance, and student behavior. Uh, How do you you plan to avoid that? Well, I don't know what they meant by too much discipline. I I think what we need to have is enough discipline so we have orderly classrooms. That's the most important thing. Now, now some of the so-called studies have said, well, if you suspend a student, they're out of school, and that doesn't do them any good to be out of school. Right. But that misses the point. The point is there has to be a disincentive for misbehaving. Student is suspended, gets the parents' attention. Believe me, because I, I know because in my 24 years on the school board, I sat in a lot of appeals from parents that were very upset that their student was being suspended. That's what we want. We want them to get upset and, and, and make sure the student knows don't let this happen again. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's the way you get orderly classrooms where kids can learn. Those are all the questions I have for you, but anything else that you wanted to address that I didn't touch on? I think that was a very thorough interview. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much.